Welcome back to episode three of the podcast. Good morning, Thomas. Hello. Yeah, it looks like you've had some sleep. I had a little bit of sleep. A little bit of sleep. How many hours? I had a big night last night. Yeah. Six and a half hours sleep. Wow. Yeah. That is quite a lot of sleep for you. Yeah. Only up once in the night. Which I guess uh, was it to go to the toilet? Uh, It was for someone else to. Ah. Well, I guess that ties in quite nicely with today's topic. I see what you've done there. That was a great segue. Yeah, segue. We didn't even we didn't even prepare this. That's gone so smoothly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But today's episode, Tom, which I know is again something really close to your heart and financial well-being. Yeah, is (laughs) childcare options in the UK for INGs. Yes, and that's for your children, not for you, as individuals okay. uh, just to clarify uh, but yeah I mean obviously we did our first episode about all the costs involved one thing that we didn't talk about because it's not really a cost involved in getting here but when you arrive outside of the accommodation mm. and the utilities and all that that great stuff uh, childcare options now a lot of doctors we know are uh, married or in relationships with other doctors and that means that you can be working all sorts of crazy hours uh, so if you are, well, I was going to say an any doctor, but ultimately it doesn't matter. You could be doing any sort of shift, but mm. if you're doing any on-calls or any night rotas or unsocial hours, uh, childcare can be a bit of a um, a bit of a juggling act um, because obviously you want to make sure that um, your kids get the best education that they can uh, and also that they're looked after. And I know from speaking to a lot of IMGs that one of the, the reasons that people state that they want to move to the UK and work in the NHS is... F- to give their children a better opportunity mm. uh, than, than where they are currently or, or a broader education than where they are currently. So we're going to run you through all the different childcare options uh, that we have taken into consideration. I'm quite interested to see where this goes because uh, I can speak to a couple of them, but a couple of them are not options for me financially or mm. <laughs> I haven't explored them. Um, so we'll, we'll run you through what, what you can expect and obviously this all comes down to personal preference and your ability to to pay. So, you know, what, whatever you want to, to do is, there's no right or wrong answers here. These are just some of the options that, yeah. that you have available to you. Okay, so option one, childminder. Um, just before we get into the thick of it, are we going to talk about cat care as well, just to draw on both of our strengths? Um, we can talk about cat care. Okay, we'll move to that at the end. Yeah, is a bonus? Yeah, people love cats. I love cats. Good. All right, well, I guess it's something to look forward to at the end. <laughs> uh, right, childminders, uh, I think is what you were saying. So, um, childminders in the UK are people who are individually registered to look after children in their own home. Uh, so you need to check that they've registered with um, an organisation. So in the same way that you would register with a GMC, you'd expect a child minder to be registered with uh, Ofsted if they're in England, uh, the Care Inspectorate if you're in Scotland, uh, or Care and Social Services Inspectorate in Wales, uh, and the Health and Social Services Trust in Northern Ireland. So that, again, just makes sure that these people have had regular criminal background checks uh, and that they are um, able and qualified to, to look after children. Mm-hmm. So so uh, child minders tend to be um, self-employed, so uh, the hours that they work are pretty flexible. Um, usually, as I said, it would be for slightly older children, so uh, maybe pick-up and drop-offs uh, for school or playgroups. Um, and then obviously ensuring that they get kind of lunch, uh, lunch, breakfast, dinner. Um, obviously, if you're 
childminder is unwell or on holiday, you need to make other arrangements. So that's something to consider because it's not um, it's not a sort of guaranteed consistent uh, way of support. Um, but like I said, if you you know say for example you have a, a child uh, who's under two. Um, 25 hours of childcare during the week would cost you about 221 pounds a week. Um, so, um, you know, it's not a, it's not cheap. Obviously, you're paying for an individual to, mm. to look after your um, your kid or, or your children yeah. only, and the costs will fluctuate depending on where you are. So, generally speaking, the closer to London you get, the more expensive uh, childminders become. Uh, so, option two, Thomas, um, is nursery. Yeah, I know you've got great experience of this. I do. Um, are both your kids in nursery at the moment? No, one has been going for nearly two years and the other starts in January. Uh, so I've got very good experience of paying for nursery. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or bad experience, depending on which way you look at it. Yeah. So between the ages of six weeks, could you put a kid, to, uh, a child into nursery at six weeks? I mean, I wouldn't, but... Yeah. And five years, they can attend uh, what's called a day nursery. Um Kind of cost wise for a child under two, the cost of 50 hours of childcare a day now costs you 242 pounds per week. Yeah, so my son goes two days a week, mm-hmm. uh, and that is quite expensive. Yeah, um, so you kind of nursery, I think, if you, I mean, if you're able to pay for it full time, fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean nurseries are fantastic places for kids to um, obviously socialise with other mm. kids and a lot of them can be quite educational I'm really lucky that the nursery near me is, is a really good one and they're they're really attentive mm. um, but we mix that so that we don't have to pay full weeks by having a couple of yeah. days in nursery and then a couple of days out of nursery um, and when they turn when your children turn three they are entitled to three hours uh, during the week as well do you I think know how, you, roughly how many hours that is I think you get 15 hours a week mm. free when they turn 3 years old so obviously that heavily reduces the, the cost um, and is that applicable to IMGs as well I I suspect it would be mm. on the basis that you are paying tax and that you are mm. a, a sponsored uh, in, independent you know family group living in the UK um, maybe that's something for us to check or we can do in another blog yeah. but certainly for um for UK citizens if, if you want to say mm-hmm. that so passport holders then that is a um, facility that's available to you yeah uh, another option of course is having a full time nanny um, so a full time nanny will look after your child in your own home um, you can also have a daily nanny a live in nanny or a part time nanny a full time nanny will cost circa 400 to £750 per week um, that's quite a lot of money that is a lot of money especially since we were saying that a one bed flat somewhere yeah. would cost you £550 um, but I guess it, it comes down to individuals um, kind of work schedule that type of thing what, you, what you're actually looking to yeah I think I think the nanny option is like a full time you know a child a childminder would be a couple hours like we said before or after school mm. usually uh, but a, a nanny you're looking at you know that is full time care basically that's making breakfast lunch and dinner and yeah. you know taking care of the kids at all all hours and, and weekends as well so yeah. you do get I guess if you the whole point of this is to give you the ability to work flexible shifts and give you give you freedom then that that's probably the yeah. maximum way to, to that's it that. obviously there are part time nannies or living nannies and all sorts of different types of nannies Nanny McPhee one of my favourite <laughs> nannies yeah, she's got a good reputation in the UK. She does, yeah. <laughs> Quite hard to book, though. If you can get her. Yeah. Um, 
au pair is quite similar though isn't it so mm. that's someone who uh, I remember friends of ours growing up had no pair so usually that's like a somebody who's from maybe France or I'm, I was going to say am I right in saying that it was a French kind of arrangement is that that's where it's come from originally is that why it's au pair yeah it French. is um but as you said, Tom, somebody who wants to come over, spend some time in the UK, learn language, and you don't yeah. actually. So basically, I think again the <coughs> epidemiology <laughs> of the world <laughs> is that the au pair is treated as a member of the family. Uh, they don't pay rent, right? And bit, but you, they are ex, you are expected to integrate them fully into your family. So have dinner with them, breakfast, all sorts of things. Um, it's less of an employee. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, instead of paying them a salary or wage, you, you give them pocket money. Well, that sounds great. How many can you have at one time? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, and, you know, so pocket money depends on how generous or if you're like me and Tom, Scots, very tight with our money. Uh, it could be anything from one pound uh, to, to eight to five pounds per week. <laughs> I'd have 85 au pairs. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and that will pay for uh, food and kind of day-to-day things for them, I guess. Yeah, it's much more of a kind of. It, it tends to be younger people, so you're, mm. you're probably looking at like students at yeah. that, that kind of age. So they're not they're not professionally qualified to to look after children, but it's someone that comes to live with you and, mm. and can help out with the kids. Okay. Um, another option: <laughs> play group, preschool. Um, if your child is between the ages of three and five years old, play group typically offers three-hour mornings or afternoon sessions during school time. Yeah, not really. I haven't got that far with my kids. No. They're, not, <laughs> they're not that old yet. Um, but I, again, I know of a yeah. lot of people who would utilise those. And I, I think if you... You tend to get... Uh, you can get playgroup sessions after school. So say if you were doing a nine-to-five in the hospital mm. or you were doing a late shift, you might be able to drop your kids off, but you might not be able to um, pick them up on time. So you would let the people in the school they might run a play group that they would look after them for an extra couple of hours until mm. you can get back so um really really handy thing um i know that uh again uh, for single parents that is probably a very useful thing if mm. there's no one else that can uh, that can look after the kids and if you don't have the the salary to afford a, a nanny um or a childminder then then that's that's probably the most cost efficient thing to do so what about nursery skills tom well, nursery school is a nursery that is uh, attached to a primary school. So um, there might be uh, a nursery school that's... Uh, basically, they're open during term time hours uh, mm-hmm. in the same way that a school would be. And then rather than being supervised by a uh, nursing practitioner, you would have a, a qualified teacher to um, uh, to supervise and teach kind of a curriculum, like a reception class. So kind of before you're, you're at the point of attending a, a formal primary school... Um, you would have your kids go there, uh, and if you're attending that school, then it's uh, it's likely to be uh, a free option uh, for you. So uh, again, really uh, similar to the nursery, uh, but usually when your kids are a bit older, kind of three years to five years old, um, then the kind of uh, nursery school becomes a another option for you. So uh, I think that moves us on to the last of the options, and then we can do a quick summary. So hit us, hit us with the final. Okay, so a kind of final option on a list in terms of uh, options for UK childcare is an after-school club. I don't know if you ever attended any, Tom. I did. Did you what? What kind of things did you go to? Uh, Not the after-school pub. 
Oh, is that not yeah. what you said? Oh, um, I was going to say, I don't know if that's appropriate for this podcast. Uh, the after-school club, I mean, generally, it's quite it's quite open. Uh, it's more like recreational time, yeah. so supervised uh, time for kids to run around and play with their friends, so bo- board games and activities and that kind yeah. of stuff. And I think that's applicable if your child is older than five and, and you work after-school hours, which many doctors will, you may want to consider this an option. Um, the average cost of an after-school club in the UK is £57 per week which is nearly £2,200 per year. Good maths, yeah. Good maths. But obviously still in comparison to uh, nannies and au pairs and all the rest of it is significantly yeah. uh, cheaper. So, so it's a really good option. I guess the takeaway from this, Tom, is don't have kids. Yeah, they're really expensive. Yeah, they're really, really expensive. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously if you've already got them and yeah. obviously we love them very dearly, uh, there are a number of options for you. So we'll run through them really quickly again. So childminder, so you can have someone come and look after your uh, children. Generally, it's for short periods mm-hmm. of time uh, when your kids are a bit older after school. Uh, we've got nursery for um, really young kids. I mean, it says here between six weeks, but I'm not sure I know anyone that mm. is, is dropping the kids off for six weeks. Uh, to five years we've got the nanny which is definitely the most expensive option but obviously the most kind of um, I guess freeing uh, if you if you have a very hectic rota mm-hmm. uh, the au pair um, so the kind of living in becoming part of your family uh, the preschool uh, playgroup um, and then moving on to that you've got the nursery school and the after school club so I, I think the kind of take home message overall is that regardless of the type of job that you're doing what department you're working in what your rota is what your on calls are there are lots of different options available for you in terms of childcare. i'm not saying that all of them are the cheapest um, but there are a number of different things that that you can do um, to, to make sure that your kids are, are well looked after and um, and getting the, the care that they mm-hmm. need whilst you're um, whilst you're working so um and it's good to have options it is mm. it is and i think whatever combination of those options you choose or mm. one of those options you choose will be very much dependent on your personal situation yeah and I think I, I know that just a final point I know it's not in there is of course that I know a lot of um, IMGs would like the parents or family members to come over and look after the children yeah. it is possible that they can come on a six month visit, visit visa, visa. Yeah. Um, and they, they can stay for the duration of that six months, but again, it would only be for six months during a twelve-month period. Yeah, you can't. You, it's not. I spoke to someone who was their plan was to have their parents fly in, stay with them for six months, and then fly out and fly back in again. If you're coming in on six-month visit visa and you stay for the six months, you can't come in for another six to twelve mm. months uh, after that. Uh, definitely. So, um, and obviously, you, you, anybody who's over the age of eighteen unless it's a uh, someone who's married or partner is not able to come as a dependent so um, I think it's really important to get ahead of that early because a lot of people assume that if they get a job they can bring their parents and their kids and their husband or wife or mm. partner uh, and anyone or sometimes else. the nannies or their well. nannies yeah. yeah yeah we've had that before as well and unfortunately that's just not um, that's not possible good alright well I think we've run through that one I feel like we stumbled through it it's definitely yeah more depth than we would usually uh, go into when we're asked about these kinds of things but if you do want to, to know more um, obviously we can point you in the direction of um, different organisations and this is something that we will help with when you arrive in the UK so um, whilst Ryan and I are you know obviously I've, I've got kids so I can speak about nursery schools and child minders and stuff but 
um, all those other bits about nannies and au pairs I don't have any experience of that but our relocation team if you are working through BDI they will be able to help navigate these options and um, mm. and, and help you when you arrive so um, you, you know there are people there who can give um, who can give good advice good well that was a, an interesting topic for today I think yeah. and um, well the good news is for you Tom is that episode 4 is going to be about NHS pay no it is it's back it's not is it it's back again it's like a, it's like a boomerang good boomerang pay yeah um, yeah I actually I mean obviously coming to the UK in fact anybody moving to any country you're going to want to know how much you're going to get paid so um, we get asked a lot about it and um, it's quite variable by by trust and interpretation mm-hmm. of the scale but we're going to give it a good a good full episode to, to run through on the next edition excellent well thanks again for listening um, you talking to me or <laughs> oh, I'm looking at you I'm the only one listening yeah <laughs> we've probably lost everyone at this point yeah good oh you've uh, certainly lost me yeah uh, <laughs> but thanks again yeah and uh, we will jo- I'll join Tom again for episode 4 HSP Explained cool till next time see you later take care bye